This is All Things Considered on KNKX. I'm Ed Ronco. The recent collapse of the government in Afghanistan and a return to Taliban control have sent many Afghans scrambling to get out of the country. Elected leaders here in Washington have been quick to say that our state will welcome refugees. One state lawmaker has a unique viewpoint on this. State Representative Mi Lin Tai joins us now. Representative Tai, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You came to the U.S. in 1983 as a war refugee from Vietnam. You were 15, so you were a child when the U.S. involvement in Vietnam ended and Saigon fell. What do you remember from that time? I remembered that people tried to live as normal as possible. I remembered that I would equate it to like a cul-de-sac that we that our house was in. Every family has someone who have died in the war, someone who is active in the war. And each time when the family member would be able to come home and visit, it, it was pretty festive. It felt like the entire village come out and greet them. It was really not until way later did I understand those time was being cherished because uh, no one knew if they'd been seeing each other again. Tell me about the path you took to eventually come to the U.S. How, how did it go from leaving Vietnam to arriving here? It's kind of complicated. Um, <laughs> in my own family, my nuclear family, there was definitely a sense that um, we were so tired of the war and we wanted to be able to live peacefully and, and build a future. But people, people dream, right, of peace. So my family, like many others, um, did not uh, did not seek to to leave Vietnam. Um, April nineteen seventy five, and that was when the U.S. pulled out of Saigon and the war ended. Yeah, so quickly, my dad was taken into reeducational camp. It pretty much was a labor camp. When uh, my dad came home, the United States at the time recognized. Uh, finally recognized there were so many of the people who, who fought alongside with them being left behind. Um, therefore, uh, there are multiple uh, programs, um, two that impacted my own family as the path to arrive to the United States. One is the orderly departure program. And the other was uh, family reunifications. I can't imagine being, you know, 15 years old and showing up in a, in a new place uh, quite suddenly, I would imagine. What was it like to be new in the U.S.? And I was, I was an angry teenager, <laughs> to be honest with you. That part of my life, I shut it out for a long time. I didn't want to revisit it. But most recently, I... I, I came back to that part of time more often. It was a mixed feeling. It was both uh, an adventure. At the same time, um, I was very angry at my parents for taking me away from friends and teachers and, and familiarities. I was that kid who believed that the future is really in my hand. I can build it. I can change it. And by leaving the country, that opportunity of reshaping what the future would look like for my generation was taken away. And I love conversation. I love, I love learning from people. I love chit-chatting. I love engaging 
But for the first time in my life, uh, that first two years, I was pretty much a mute because I couldn't really understand what people was telling me and I couldn't articulate what I wanted to communicate back. I've always believed that you can feel more than one place is home. Do you still think of Vietnam as home? Yes, I do. Everything happened in Vietnam hit me pretty hard. I I knew every storms, I knew every flood, <laughs> their current conditions, uh, their current COVID conditions. And I think now I see the interconnections. I move more toward the concept of whatever happened in the United States impact what happened in Vietnam and whatever happened in Vietnam impact the United States. And so if my love is deep for both countries, it is important for me to care for the country like Cambodia, Laos, or Afghanistan, what happened there, because we all tie together. The last time we talked to you on this program, uh, you told me that when you were a younger adult here, you did not vote. And obviously that changed. You're a state representative now. Um, was that change, changes like it? Did those happen because you were changing where you thought of as home? It changed when I felt that my voice was heard. I keep coming back to like my own experience because I continue to want to go out there and talk to as many marginalized communities as I can and share that experience and many of the uh, community members wanted to, to change that narrative that, no, you are not a stranger. You are family. You are part of the community and we love you and we care for you and you are part of us. And let us know how we can, we can welcome you better than the experience that I had. How did you first start feeling that? How did you first start feeling like you were welcomed and loved and belonged here from others? Oh, gosh. Um, I haven't. Mm. I, I haven't. I, uh, the more I learn, the more I could see um, why I continue to feel as a stranger. I think individual Americans are generous and kind and want to help. I think the system itself has created a way that is so superficial and skin deep. And so I think my work currently is not only intending to help move us further in, in building the kind of community, the kind of society we all want to live in, but help me personally, I guess before the end of my, my time on earth, to finally not feel like a stranger in the place I call home. What was it like these last few days as you watched and heard stories about people trying to get out of Afghanistan? To tell you the truth, Ed, I turn on the news and I turn off the news and I turn the news back on and I turn it back off. It was hard. It was very hard. And if I would have to compare that chaotic, that stressful that the images and, and the finding of, of people who held on to the airplane itself, knowing that they may not survive or maybe not even knowing. I mean, you react to things at the moment. One of the places that I was able to anchor my emotions so that I can come back 
was during my walk. I took walk often, and when I see a little grass that poke out from a crack of concrete, attempting to find life in that very small space. That was the image that I put into my brain. Um, it helped me sit down and take actions as a leader, as somebody who have that experience, because it's extremely difficult to not lay on my bed, cover myself with my blanket, and cry my eyes out. So that one single image of grass grew out of a crack on the path of my walk, helped anchor me so I can do the job I need to do. Some people have compared the fall of Kabul in the last week and a half or so with the fall of Saigon in 1975. How do you feel about that comparison? I think on the surface, just sort of like the chaotic, the, um, the images being captured is a fair comparison. But when, but when we examine the deeper context, I think there, there are certain differences that we should not overlook. Can you give me an example? Well, the most elementary example is like, come on, many of the current federal administrations, senators, the president, uh, many of the advisors took active part during the Vietnam War and saying that you cannot prevent what happened in the last few days, last few weeks, is ridiculous. What do you think people who come here from Afghanistan will face? What are the things they're going to need to be aware of dealing with? Absolutely the cultural shock. I would advocate to really rally and bring in the, uh, the Afghans who live here currently, that community. We want to bring them in. We want them to be the active partner and if not lead the effort to welcome newcomers because everything is very different here. I still remember turning on that faucet, Ed, and when that hot water came out, I thought that was magical. <laughs> <laughs> um, really little things like that. There's always the sense of who are these people, let alone the current environment of nationalistic, the sort of other people come here and they would take away from us. And I think those are the pieces that I think first and foremost will impact the children. I worry most about the children because they will grow up and I would want them to feel that this is their home. And so I, I, I heard many of the leaders in Washington state on, on both sides of the aisles um, talking about that moral obligations. I believe it's more than that. I believe it's beyond moral obligations. I believe it is an opportunities for us to really live the American values we all talked about. And I say lived, I didn't say show, because show it just is not deep enough. We have to live it. State Representative Milan Tai, thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Ed, for the opportunity. And this conversation should last uh, at least two uh, pot of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it could. Thank you again for talking.